back again for another episode of Smell You Later, the preeminent podcast about smell and smells and tax evasion. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for you to land the plane. It all goes back to tax evasion. Pay your taxes, all you, Sable, and all of you. I'm not getting fucking audited because of this goddamn show. I pay my taxes begrudgingly. If if we were monetizing this show, then I'd say, yeah, come at me, IRS, but we're not. So <laughs> well, I'm not going to break even on that one. No, not at all. Anyway, <laughs> I feel like we're steadily into the pink season. I went to I went to the Walgreens earlier to get just like a bunch of vitamins and stuff. And it was just decked out in heart shaped chocolate boxes. Yes. I don't know. I was tempted. They had a huge heart shaped Ferrara Rocher. I support it. It's tinin season everywhere you go. That's true. I'm surprised I don't see more big bow treatments. Maybe maybe it's just because I never leave my house, though. Yeah, honestly, no. Let me not be a hater. I like... <laughs> the bowification. Let me not be a hater. Yeah. <laughs> the continuing to explain. I don't know. I, I think everyone has taken the bows as far as they can. Leave them to me. <laughs> Get on to your next thing. Go back to fucking Cherry Girl Summer, whatever the fuck it was. It's 2024. The bows have been on tour, and now they're returning, too. <laughs> Speaking of things that are uh, sort of pink, your book cover reveal. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It's finally re- reveal. Everyone, stop what you're doing. Yeah. Pick up your phone that you're listening to this podcast on and pre-order Sable's goddamn book. Pre-order two copies. I know you're good for it. Send me the receipt. <laughs> Send me your pre-order. Please pre-order. It helps me to succeed. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the only thing I could say about it. Everyone's like, why? I'll just get it when it comes out. I'm like, but if you're just going to get it anyway, you may as well just get it earlier. So You might as well get in front of it. Get in front of it. And then that way, it's like you planned a treat for yourself in the future. Yeah. Books aren't treats. You know what, though? You don't have to read it. You can just buy it. That's true. I do plan on reading it. Get me a galley, goddamn! I will it. get you a galley when I pre-ordered. Just like all the <laughs> listeners will, I read the like I don't know what was it blurb about the book. Is that what you call it? It's like kind of long. I was like, ooh, it's great. I it got me. I mean, not that I'm not already excited yeah. about your fucking book, but like I read it, and I was like, it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> Even the blurb makes it sounds cool, which they don't always. You know what I mean? I'm glad that it actually. I feel like I feel like it pretty accurately describes what is the, the contents of my book. So I'm like, cool. Okay. But I'm just like, please. I'm like, don't just buy it. Just buy it. You don't have to read the blurb. Just buy it. It's fine. It's cool. It'll be great. <laughs> also, like, if nothing else, it'll look great on your coffee table. Yes. That's that's what that's what I'm going for. Books that would look I, great as a poster. Yes. That's what I told them. <laughs> look what is right next to me. <gasps> have you have you read it? I read the first chapter last night. Um, Okay. Well, I read the forward in the first chapter, I think. Have you read it? I did read it. We're talking (laughs) about the glossy, the glossy book. It was like a very long Vanity Fair article. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing. I think Kara said that too. Yeah. I'm still not clear on like who it's for. You know what I mean? It's for the beauty insiders, I think. I don't really see a glossier wearer necessarily. There, maybe some of them would pick it up, the the literary hotties. But uh, I I wonder how how that did. I just don't think the story is over. Maybe I should continue reading it and finish it maybe. before I give my opinion. But that's never stopped me before. As someone who has finished reading it, 
it's a lot of information about one beauty brand. Mm. And if that's something I, you want, great. You will get it. <laughs> I like that number one, the author. And this is verbatim, by the way. Uh, <laughs> the like foreword of the book was also written by the author. And it was essentially saying, I am an asshole for writing this. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, that um, was a bit like, it was self-deprecating though. And like, I'm like, I don't believe that you're deprecating at all. I don't think she was deprecating enough to make that like claim. Also, I love that the book literally opens with Emily Weiss was crying. Yeah, they really... It's giving Jesus wept. It's giving Bravo reality TV, which I think is what people want. You gotta get in with the drama, I guess. I don't know. I don't know that this book is doing what it thinks it's doing, but I'm excited to read it. Like I said, you'll learn a lot about one beauty brand. I already know. And that's it. And that's it. And I think there's a lot of people who are interested in that. I mean, I read it, so I'm one of them. Yeah, true. But at the same, but you know, at the same time, I'm just like, okay, did I need to know all that about Glossier? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Will I still wear Glossier? Probably. Sure. At least the 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 blushes and the lipstick you you hate. <laughs> yeah, the lipstick is not good. Watch them reformulate something four times and still <laughs> fuck it up. It's literally a crayon. I don't know, man. It just works for me. Glossier is just one of those brands that's like when they get it right, they get it so right. And when they get it wrong, it's like, why? I will say that they really were change makers in the beauty space. I will oh, say totally. That. Yeah. So, yeah. I feel like they were the first brand, obviously, to do what everyone is trying so hard to do right now. It's yeah. like it wasn't a beauty brand. It's a lifestyle brand. You know, exactly. none of the product even mattered. Exactly. It's It's a brand that people will buy it just because it's that brand which is really hard to do in the beauty space. The only other brand that kind of comes to mind is Starface. Well, in Starface, it's like you literally see the product. You know, it is a sticker. It's not a shade. It's not, a you know, it's not what blush you're wearing. It's, oh, you're wearing Starface. That's true. That is very true. They're very clever for that. But Mm -hmm. yeah, that's like maybe the only other brand that I think has also made a huge shift in the beauty culture space. So what else we got? Shout out to Commerce. Shout out to Commerce. For all those people in our reviews saying we critique capitalism and talk about buying things, here we are again. I bought a book. What you got to say about that? Um, This is now a book podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least it will be for the next foreseeable seven to ten months. (laughs) I mean, we still have a whole perfume to talk about about it. So That's true. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I am once again in my sinus chaos era but i also no. think i'm just actually sick so oh <laughs> i've i feel like i have been sick since january 1st and i i did a leg of steroids is that what you call it a leg a pack a flight of steroids well when you're juicing it's called a cycle <laughs> one cycle please <laughs> <laughs> not that i wouldn't know anyway. i'm frail however yeah it was probably one of those treated symptoms, but not the problem kind of things. Mm. And lo and behold, I'm sick again. Or it could have just been that somebody at one of the many beauty events I attended in the last two weeks, someone, many someones was sick because everybody is sick in New York City right now, including me. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Well, back to textures only. <laughs> oh, you can't smell at all. No, it goes Fuck. like in and out throughout the day, but we'll see. Now is not one of those times. Yeah. I feel like every time I edit this podcast, I turn it on and I'm like, Jesus Christ, why do I sound so nasal? (laughs) That's why I've been sick for three years. Low key. 
low key, yes. Not even, not even dramatizing. No. But I, in a very unlike me move, I noticed something this week. I, <laughs> so I was in a place that I'm usually not at that time. Um, I think I let me start that one over. I think I briefly mentioned this last week, but I had a very early shoot on Saturday, mm-hmm. and I got to uh the shoot location which i suppose was like flat iron mm-hmm. and um got to the shoot location which is which was in flat iron at i got there early so it was like 3 40 a.m oh which is God. grotesque i know i know but you know there are a bunch of like clubs around sort of that yeah. area yeah. Of, i was like, gonna say i'm like people are still not done with the night oh it was still night <laughs> yeah. um but i i got there so early enough that i was like fuck i like don't want to go into the venue like this early this early in the morning like pick a struggle so i did a lap around the block and all these people were spilling out of clubs and shit at like 3 45 and i passed two or three really large groups of people stumbling their way home or to their ubers or whatever and each and every one of them smelled like Abercrombie and Fitch fierce in a way that was, and I wasn't mm-hmm. close to them, like close to their bodies. Like I passed them on the street, whatever, but it wasn't, I wasn't close enough to smell anyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And all of these groups just reeked of, of fierce. And I was like, what is going on? That Did I step back in time? Yeah. No, I yeah. suppose it does. I, that yeah, totally that is tracks. that is true. Yeah, it's those kinds of bars or like bar, those kinds of clubs rather that are just sort of like clubs for the sake of clubs, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if you can make a buck from the hours of like 10 to, I guess, four. Like, <laughs> they're exactly. still out here. Oof. Why are shoots at 4 a.m.? We had to be out of the venue by 10 and so we had to like break down oh. by 9 15 and talent and get there till 6 a.m so we really didn't have a lot of time to shoot it was we were like cracking through it but yeah it was fine all good things insane um but yeah the worst part of it was the smell of the people <laughs> i can't imagine getting anywhere before before nine i can't imagine be awake before nine let alone being at a place I wasn't thrilled. Even the idea of having to take an early flight, I'm like, no, there's nowhere worth going at 830 in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Why? I get it. For a flight, I'll do it. But yeah, I will just because you you have to. Sometimes you just don't have the option to take a different flight, but I won't like it. No. I am the person who gets to the airport as close to boarding time as possible. Oh, absolutely yeah, not. I know. Absolutely Everyone's like, not. let me just get there two hours early. I'm like, and then what? You're just wasting two hours of your life sitting in a depot, just waiting. <laughs> I hate waiting. Yeah. If I have a flight at like 6 a.m., I'll get there two days before. Mm-hmm. Like, I I do not no. play around with that. And every flight that I've taken recently, which have not been, you know, all that many, a couple in last year, mm-hmm. I, I've flown through security, which is, you know, by the grace of God, which is great. But then now I'm like, but then I'm like, well, now I have three hours here in the terminal. <laughs> like, yep. Every time it's like mission impossible getting to the airport within 10 yep. minutes where when like boarding starts. And then I'm like, perfect timing. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I can't live like that. <laughs> okay. Can you smell today? I cannot smell today. So okay. I'll have a very short but circumstantial answer for you. 
Okay, Sable, what do you smell like today that you know of? Okay, so I got a couple packages in the mail today. You know, you know it's gonna be an unpleasant surprise when it makes a sound when you shake it. Oh yeah. And Tommy's like, oh God, what is this? It's clattering around in there. I open it up. It's a bunch of samples from Finery, that the, oh. the Target brand. And a couple hate the name Love of the Sense. Yes. Would love to smell them when I can. Um, And some of them were upcoming new scents in like those one ounce comp bottles. And I don't know. They hadn't broken, but one of them had unscrewed itself. No. So it just like spilled everywhere. Um, (laughs) So I don't think I'm allowed to say the name because it's embargoed, but I smell like it's like all over my hands, all over this box, all over my kitchen counter, just like... Mm -hmm. A, very, a, a new and upcoming finery scent, which is now okay. seeped into my skin. Oh, no. And it's surprising because I was like, it's just one ounce of liquid. How is it everywhere? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, what the heck? Also, like, how did you unscrew yourself? Like, what? I'm trying is to it free- good at least? I, ca- I don't know. I can't smell it. But I was like, okay, well, this entire box is soaked in the smell. So... Because my sense of smell goes in and out throughout the day, I'm like, I'll know it's back because I'm just going to smell whatever the hell this is all over my kitchen. Oh, right. <laughs> so that's what I smell like, even though I don't know it. Tynan, what are you smelling today? I couldn't really figure out what I wanted to wear today. So I am. Sh- I know that there's a re- this is a repeat, whether or not I've worn it on the show before or not. But I just, I am still, I, I know this is not news. I say this every episode, but I... I've been wearing a lot of vanilla lately <laughs> and this a lot of have you tiny i have <laughs> a lot of beautiful like sweet scents um but i don't know i, w- I was craving to wearing this one yesterday so i reached for it today it is not a vanilla but it's like in the simplistic sweet family i am wearing be by my side by aloria and Ooh. again i mean i feel like we've sort of recently ish talked about it but the fact that they um, describe it as warm and glowy, I mm-hmm. think is just like spot on perfect. It's so beautiful. It's I've always described it as this like radiant amber. Uh, so uh, shout out to me. And it's just like textural and earthy and warm and luminous. Oh, it's so goddamn good. It's, you know, you you know, but it's, I don't want to say simplistic, but maybe it is, but in a really good way. Everything's just so seamlessly blended that it all feels like one thing. That's a good one. And it is. It is. I feel like they took a lot of complexity and really distilled it into this beautiful, light touch of a fragrance. God, I love it. Just like the more I wear it, the more I love it. It's so good. They're so good. They're so fucking good. I walked past the store the other day and I was like, damn, I wish I got one of those corn lattes. Shout out to that coffee shop. It was like right after they closed. I was like, damn it. I miss that corn latte. (laughs) Well, we were kicking around this episode idea and here it is. I knew we weren't done talking about deodorants. Oh, we will never be done. Much to my chagrin. Um, (laughs) Sable and I were introduced to this brand, Hume. Through our friend Marta, who is a doer of many things. She's like queen of brands, queen of connecting brands to people, to 
creators to other brands and through her air milkshake gifting suite in November sent mm-hmm. us both home with a very large extremely heavy bag it was like the size and weight of a Volkswagen yes but within it there were these Hume products and there were a couple in there but the one that stood out to me was this all over deodorant body balm mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm butchering the name but I was like no and then I <laughs> finally got around to wearing it and I was like Still no, but this is really good and really effective. Like it works. You can't feel it. It doesn't get on your clothes. Like if you didn't tell me this was a a balm or a natural brand, I would really be with it, which I guess means I'm with it. You know, I don't know. I think you're with it now. I think I am too. And I've worn it a bunch since then. And it's just like no complaints. And without have shit to say, you know, you have a good product on your hands, you know? When you told me apropos of nothing, you were like, wow, these humans. These Hume deodorants are really good. I was like, okay, if it passes the Titan test, who cannot to- <laughs> who cannot tolerate one one droplet of sweat, <laughs> then, no. No. then they have to be definitely onto something. And yeah, I yeah. I really like them. I also started using the all over one just on my armpits, and it it does the job for me. And also the stick one because sometimes you don't want to. Use your fingers. Sometimes you just want the stick and you're like good to go. I haven't but used the stick, but I should. I like that they're clear and I like that the the top is very domed. I feel like a lot of deodorants are kind of they're not flat. They're like a little bit convex, but they're not mm-hmm. like domed. This one is domed, which I appreciate because a lot of times the flat ones when you wipe it on, if you don't twist it up over the line quite a bit, I feel like it just scrapes on the sides and then when you put the cap on it just it just gets really gunky over time yeah so i like that it's dome so it doesn't like touch the sides of the of the plastic cylinder thingy that is nice it's just like a nice little thought that i'm like okay yeah they also thought of like user application great right right i don't know nobody likes a gross gunky deodorant stick that's no (laughs) ever yeah so i don't know we we're both like well (laughs) <laughs> if we both like them this much, <laughs> maybe we should just do the damn thing. So here we I are. just wanted to know. I'm like, how does it work? How did you do it? Yeah. Tell- deodorants, especially natural deodorants, mm-hmm. they're really hit or miss. You, and even the and stuff more, that- more miss than hits. Yeah. Even ones that like, I was like, oh, this is really popular. And people say it really works. Like on me, may not work. Or on someone else, mm-hmm. may not work. So mm-hmm. the fact that these worked really well for both of us, I was like, okay, we're onto something here. What's the deal? We are. We are. We are. On to something. So I think we should just jump in. Let's do it. My name is Melissa Christensen, and I'm a cosmetic chemist. I'm a product developer, and I'm the co-founder of the deodorant brand, Hume Supernatural. Melissa, we always start off by asking our guests, what do you smell like today? Today, right now, I smell like Hume Out West deodorant, which is, it's I don't know. It's probably my daily go-to. It's kind of a woodsy, sweet tobacco, leathery, patchouli that kind of gives you an idea of the type of scents that I'm personally drawn to, those woodsy base notes. Yeah, I've had a lot of stress sweat going on today. So literally before this podcast, I just um, swiped on some Out West deodorant and I feel feel much better now. <laughs> <laughs> How does one get into the deodorant field like what can you just tell us about your background and sort of what led you to uh your profession into Hume 
So Hume stands for you, me, and all humans and in the pursuit to live supernatural. So the brand was consciously designed to be very inclusive um, and um, gender neutral. So we wanted it to be a brand that everyone felt comfortable and approachable brand for men, women, all genders. And my background is I have been a cosmetic chemist, product developer, brand strategist in the health, beauty, wellness industry for more than 20 years. And I have had the chance to work with a lot of cool brands and cool brand founders and hair care and skin care. And one of the interesting things I had not done was deodorant. So when I was approached to help a, a group of founders to learn about the category, understand the technology and design something that was novel and intentionally different and intentionally supporting this brand perspective and point of view that we had that we wanted to put in the marketplace. I, I did a lot of research myself. So I didn't come to the brand being a deodorant expert, but I am a formulation expert, an ingredient expert. I've done a lot in the clean beauty area. So all the things that we're talking about in the industry is kind of in my back pocket. And so I just applied that to the deodorant projects and it turned into something pretty awesome. I feel like, quote unquote, clean or natural deodorants, they're like kind of a newer development in the realm of just deodorants in general. And I feel like on this podcast, we have a very... uh contentious <laughs> relationship with with odors particularly of the body and yeah. Yeah. well and, and the and the word clean honestly right and the like, word clean yeah sure. yeah you know we're a little you know what are we say well what the hell are we um we're suspect clean skeptical yes we're clean skeptical yeah. i think that's yeah. healthy i'm a scientist so i i think it's an important thing to be skeptical and i and i am too and i think you know as it re relates to just clean in general i think that as a formulator, as a chemist, as a product developer, I look at these terms as really just language that consumers are gravitating to, that mm. we, we, we shouldn't have to feel like we have to define it. It's kind of a, a moment, right, where consumers are trying to communicate something that is that they want. And so our job is actually to try to understand what is that and then mm. to put those things in front of them. I, I'm, I'm not for kind of judging the industry. I've been in the industry forever. So I've been formulating for, you know, more than 20 years and and have used all sorts of different ingredients. And never in my career have I tried to make something that was going to be harmful to people intentionally. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where I feel like this current view of clean, natural as well. Everything we did 20 years ago was was terrible and harmful and chemists were doing awful things and brands were doing awful things. Mm -hmm. I think it's just more of an evolution. And it's really just consumer trend. What are we looking for? I think health and wellness is really driving what the desires are yeah. across other categories, um, not mm -hmm. just food and nutrition, um, but but really everyone is looking for a healthier, perhaps just a, a brand and ingredients that they can feel good about using. And I think our job is as formulators and brand developers is to make sure that we're going beyond just the free from. I think that's kind of a bit of a cop out to just say, well, we're we're a clean brand because I don't have these two things. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. that it's our job to explain why our brands are healthy and, and mm -hmm. nutritious for the skin. So that's that's my point of view. I don't kind of hold true to one definition of clean or natural, but try to always be learning 
always be listening to the consumer and trying to be authentic with all the products that I work on. Love that. Yeah. I know that we said we weren't going to, going to interrogate you and here we are two minutes in. <laughs> but as we're talking about sort of like the clean beauty industry, I think a lot, I think we see a lot of talk about clean in the deodorant sector specifically because of like aluminum and all of, yeah. you know, the, these claims around it, whether they are factual or not. And I know that you sort of went into it just now a little bit, but what is Hume's perspective on clean as much or as little as you want to say about it? Because I know that every no. brand, it means something different to every brand. And sometimes it means nothing, but they still make it into something. So uh, what is what is Hume's POV on that? I'll, you know, make sure that I'm saying that we do call out free froms because consumers sure. want to know. That's like yeah. the easy way to understand what is this product. So we do call out aluminum free, not because aluminum is a dangerous, ha hazardous ingredient in antiperspirants, which maybe we should back up and talk about the difference between a deodorant and an antiperspirant. So an antiperspirant is actually an over-the-counter drug. It is regulated by the FDA because it is basically um, uh, working on the structure and function of skin. So our skin is actually sweating. And because aluminum salt-containing antiperspirants underarm products are designed to stop your sweating, the FDA regulates them as OTC drugs. So if you want to make a claim about being an antiperspirant, stopping your sweat, um, then the FDA says you actually have to use one of the approved um, aluminum-containing um, salts. Uh, so we are, at Hume, we're not clean because we don't have um, aluminum, but we are mm -hmm. calling out we don't have aluminum. Therefore, we're not an antiperspirant. Mm -hmm. um, but, but more about what makes Hume clean, um, I think it goes more, it goes beyond just the ingredients, but to speak about ingredients first, it's plant-based versus petroleum-based. And that has to do with more renewable, sustainable, uh, just kind of more natural leaning. So a portion of a chemical is going to come from a plant as opposed to from a petrochemical source. Mm -hmm. uh, we are also mineral-based. Uh, so we are using ingredients like kaolin clay, um, we're also uh, probiotic-based, um, which is another unique aspect to our formulations. We're using probiotic ferments and prebiotics that are, uh, again, whether you think of them as clean or not, it's a bit of a more modern approach to, to developing a deodorant. So um, yeah, in a, in a nutshell, we're, we're free from some of the conventionals. Um, uh, that are synthetic and petro-derived. And furthermore, we're using plant, mineral, and um, probiotic-derived ingredients to create the formula. Okay, mm -hmm. I'll allow it. Okay. <laughs> Natural deodorants have come such a long way. I'm allergic to, I guess, conventional or traditional deodorants that have aluminum in them. I don't know if it's aluminum because aluminum makes it a, an antiperspirant. I don't know what it was, but anything like the conventional deodorants, I just would break out in hives. So, Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So I would only have to do natural. But when I was growing up, the only one available to me was like, I think it was like Tom's of Maine. That was the only one. Yeah. And or it, like, like something like an Arm & Hammer baking yeah. soda type of a stick. But I think you're right. Yeah. Because I, I'm a mom of two boys and I like to say I'm a mom of two stinky boys too. <laughs> and when they were little, I had... You know, they had sync when they were like toddlers. And I remember mm -hmm. searching 
for something that was like kids safe, you know, natural deodorant. I didn't want to put in a perspirant on them either. And there really was nothing. So the category is completely changed. So, you know, 20 years ago is completely changed. Yeah. And have, do you, do you, have you found anything that's natural or just any underarm well, product that works for you? Yeah. Thankfully, now we have so many options. Your PR was generous and sent us the whole suite of Hume products. So I've been working my way through. I really like the amber scent. Yeah, the orange one. And I've also been trying the all over body deodorant in the Desert Bloom scent. It works really well. I put it in my bathroom because I have to wash my hands afterwards. So it's just a matter of remembering to put it on because it's in a different place <laughs> for me. But it's a really interesting concept. You don't have to wash your hands yes. after you use the products. Just rub it in to oh. other places. Or okay. Skin. Yeah. Oh, that's good to know now. Well, that's a that's yeah. a thing. Yeah. The all body deodorant mm -hmm. is a formula that I worked on for two years, and uh, it's something that is really novel in in the space right now. And I wanted it to feel really comforting. And it was born from many different ideas, but also just from people who, you know, had sensitivities and wanted mm -hmm. to use something that truly was truly nourishing to the skin barrier. So I wanted, you know, from my beauty background, I wanted to, to really care about the texture and I wanted it to be comforting and I wanted it to be nourishing and moisturizing so that you don't have to feel like it's sticky. I have to wash my hands afterwards, which is pretty direct contrast to a lot of these lotion to powder formulas that are on the market, um, mm -hmm. a, a ton of them out there, but they're water-based emulsions, lotions, and they mm -hmm. have a high powder content, which they're, you know, that's kind of why it transforms powder. But if you've ever used any of them, you get this residue, this pilling effect yeah. on your skin that you cannot get off. I mean, it literally can't get off unless you wash your hands. Yeah. So this product does not do that. The Hume All Body Deodorant is beautiful velvety and does not pill or create any residue on the fingers, even though you feel something. Yeah. Just rub it in to, the, to your hands or rub it in somewhere else on your body. And it's just something you have to kind of get used to if you haven't ever used and you applied a deodorant product with your fingertips. It was something yeah, I had yeah. to get used to as well. It was when I was developing, I'm like, oh, this is different. But then mm -hmm. I started to do it and I'm like, well, this feels really good. This feels like I'm actually massaging and moisturizing my armpit, which my <laughs> armpits are skin too. Like, yeah. why are we neglecting them? Why are we like not wanting to look at them and only looking at them when we have like a rash from some bad, you know, yeah. natural deodorant experience? Totally. I'm sure you must have encountered so, so many innovations or like technological advances in deodorant technology in your experience as a cosmetic chemist. My approach is yeah. pretty, pretty in-depth. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a whole history, a career of working on a variety of different product formats and you know, fragrance development, ingredients. But with the deodorant uh, development, as well as many other products that I've worked on, deep diving into the competitive set, but not just from a let's look at it, but it's an ingredient deep dive. It's a um, usage deep dive. Everything I've ever worked on, I have used personally, <laughs> you know, many, many times because as a formulator, that's how I get in touch with what, you know, what's real. It's that experience of using mm -hmm. a product that, and then scrutinizing and evaluating the formulation, not just the ingredients, but I can envision them, what the formula actually is, and that informs my approach. I, I like to say I've, I'm just such an old 
cosmetic chemist and product developer. I, I'm not interested in doing anything anymore that isn't completely novel and innovative. Like, mm. what's the point? Right. Um, mm. The world doesn't, the world truly doesn't need another, <laughs> you know, product, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, here I am this far into my career making new products all the time. So yeah. it's, it's a very uh, conscious choice for me that I'm only working on projects and with brands who are interested in innovation. So yeah. that's that gives you a little bit of a sense with the Hume brand too that the science and innovation is is critical. I think all brands, if they you know understood, they would try to put that first to um, to make sure that you have a lasting point of difference and you're actually elevating uh, a category versus putting yet another product with a different smell or a different package into the world. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like deodorant's tricky because someone could say, "I love this deodorant; it works so well. It works all day." And then someone will be like, "No, it didn't work. I smell bad, and it stained my shirt." Yeah. So it's like, totally. why do you think some don't work for people? Well, like it kind of gets to the the microbiome and this mm. whole weird ecosystem that is our armpit. <laughs> the armpit area of your body is really unlike anywhere else. It's got different glands, hasn't. Mm eccrine gland, which is the sweat producing gland. It also has a unique gland called an apocrine gland. And this is a hormone regulated gland that actually is responsible for the malodor. So sweat actually has nothing to do with body odor. Well, most of the time, especially in your armpit, that's really a, a very high water content of the sweat that's coming mm -hmm. out of the eccrine gland. The apocrine gland, like I said, it's hormone related. So when we say I had this stress sweat and it was smelled really bad, that that's probably you were releasing from the apocrine gland this really very small amount of, you know, a secretion that mm -hmm. a totally different composition than the eccrine sweat gland. And that secretion is broken down by bacteria that's in your armpit. And it's that chemistry, that chemical interaction that actually produces odor. So it makes sense then like certain times of the month for women or just right. certain foods that we're eating is going to change the composition of that secretion from your apocrine gland. Also, our microbiome is co constantly changing. And if you're playing around with different antiperspirants or deodorants, that's going to also change the composition of your microbiome. And all these, it's just this kind of crazy complex chemistry that's happening in your armpit. And we don't know what we're going to get, right? Day to day. Yeah. Um, because, because it's changing, changing a lot. So the approach, you know, with developing a deodorant that actually works through all that is really based on not going after a one hit wonder kind of thing, mm -hmm. like a, a, a focusing on one ingredient, like baking soda or focusing on one ingredient, like um, aluminum salt. It was uh, my approach in looking at everything was that it needed to be multifaceted and and really needed to focus on the skin microbiome and really nurture and sustain that skin and skin barrier so that we have a, a nourished, balanced skin microbiome. And that is going to help to have like consistency and consistent performance too from the other supporting ingredients in our deodorant formula, which are Super absorbers, including diatomaceous earth, which is mm -hmm. like fossilized algae, seems weird, but it is actually nature's true super absorber. It can absorb odors. It can also absorb wetness. Yeah. So while we're not an antiperspirant because there's no aluminum and we don't make that claim, 
we definitely hear from our consumers consistently that they feel drier longer when they're wearing helium deodorant stick. And that's because of the super absorbers that we have in there. Um, and then last, lastly, we're choosing different kind of nourishing botanicals to hydrate the skin, you know, think about our armpit skin as actual, you know, skin, <laughs> not just trying to combat an odor. And I should go back and say with the microbiome, um, addressing that and how do we do that? It's with these prebiotic and postbiotic um, extracts that are, they're, they're doing the opposite of many other deodorants that are kind of attacking all the bacteria and just kind of wiping it all out. So that's kind of an old school approach of using triclosan or a newer school approach is, I don't know if you've heard about some acidified or very low pH, yes, like yep. exfoliant. The AHA like ones. and yep. BHAs, which mm -hmm. I'm, I'm wholly against. Um, I mean, there's a reason why the FDA requires a warning on the packaging of any product that contains AHAs and BHAs because it is attacking the, the skin barrier function. It's wiping out all the bacteria, and that's why it's it's helping you to deodorize because you're taking it all out. You just don't want to do that. And I think even in skincare, we're starting to see the emergence of right. skin cycling, right? Which is just another way to say, um, maybe we shouldn't be using AHAs and BHAs <laughs> and very, very aggressive skin, skin actives on a daily basis. No one's going to say stop using it entirely, although, you know, I, I'm a proponent of that. Um, uh, you know, there's other ways. Those are all that I use. <laughs> I was going to say Tynan loves those. <laughs> I do. I love an AHA, BHA. I'm a big skin barrier promoter and it it's, it's the same for the face and skin on your body as it is in your armpit. If you take care of your skin, your skin's going to take care of you, period. Yes, so, very true. Um, so let's not attack our microbiome. Let's like nourish our skin barrier. When we nourish our skin barrier, our skin microbiome is healthier and more balanced and active. And when that happens, you're going to have less odor, you know? So um, it's all these things that this kind of multifaceted approach and how I formulated the Hume deodorant stick and the balm that's really goes against the grain for where we are today. And that's what I feel makes it such a novel approach. Cool. I'm curious as from everything you just said, I mean, I guess I'm curious about the the balm format in general, but I'm wondering because I, I hear that balms, deodorant balms are going to be bigger and bigger, especially this year. But I know that Hume has been on that for a while. Was the balm a function of, like you said, you wanted, you know, you wanted it to be effective, but you also wanted it to be nourishing to the skin, X, Y, and Z. Was the balm the only way that you could make that happen? Like, was that not possible in a stick format? Was was um, that just a function of your objective or was the balm format always the plan, if that makes any sense? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, it wasn't necessarily always the plan. I think that the form kind of evolved with what I needed to accomplish and what the technology would support. So mm -hmm. it did just end up being that this was the right formulation approach to achieve mm -hmm. my objective of something that was skin barrier supporting, skin microbiome friendly extremely nourishing to even the most sensitive skin, yet still super efficacious and mm -hmm. also just comforting. And the comforting piece kind of leans into this anti-chafing quality 
that mm-hmm. was also not, not necessarily part of the original idea that I had, but, but it ended up becoming, oh man, this, this is just such a wonderful supporting piece of the formula in that the high powder ingredient and the, the high powder formulation is allowing the skin to feel dry, but also allowing the skin to kind of move. So it's great for like rolls and folds and anywhere that you have friction, feet. I mean, mm-hmm. it's amazing on feet, wearing sandals, wearing shoes when you don't wear socks, um, wearing anything that you get a little abrasion on. It really actually makes a big difference um, in allowing a little bit more comfort, a little bit more kind of slip so that you don't get blisters or irritation or redness. I didn't realize that. That's so good to know. It's my favorite product on the planet right now. I tell <laughs> everyone, I pretty much give everyone a lecture. I'm like, are you not using the bone yet? You need to be using the bone. Because, you know, you can use the stick if you're a stick fan because of the form. It's easy to apply under the arm and you like what you're using. Use that. But everyone has something that they could use the balm on, mm-hmm. even if it's just feet. I think foot care is a big piece that people ignore their feet. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's a foot. It's kind of like the armpit. It's this ugly body part, generally <laughs> speaking. And we're just ignore it. I think that everyone could benefit from finding a way to use the balm. <laughs> I didn't think about the application as like a blister balm because every summer my sandals just destroy my ankles. So I was like, OK, all right, we have another another use. Great. <laughs> yeah. And, and side benefit, put it underneath your feet or in between your toes and you'll make sure that there's no yeah. stink that forms <laughs> in your shoes. Mm-hmm. How has uh, the reception been to the bomb deodorant idea and has it introduced more people to your collection as a whole? Yeah, it's it's been huge and I've been... As I told you, it's my favorite product and I tell everyone to use it, but I'm still always surprised when I hear people, you know, I tried it. It's amazing. It's kind of the product that you didn't know you needed, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's still in the early stages. People are curious about deodorants in general. This, Mm -hmm. This whole like experiential, I need to try all these different deodorants and, um, I mean, that, that whole thing has been going on and now people are like, what? I can... I can use this anywhere. And then they try our formula and it's instant where you kind of notice that this is dramatically different than all the other products that are out there trying to get a piece of this. Um, Mm -hmm. So what we're finding is people loving and repeat purchasing and um, just definitely growing the brand and our exposure. So I'm super excited about that. Yeah. 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 It's funny. Like I both Sable and I got a Hume through our friend Marta at her air milkshake gifting yeah. suite. So shout yeah. out to her. But, you know, I transparently am not a natural deodorant girl and I specifically not a balm. And I was just like, there's no way in hell that this shit even works. Let me try this. And I had just started a new job when I tried it. So I was nervous and sweating all day long as I continued to be. And it's really good. I mean, I told Sable, I was like, yeah, I don't know, man, this shit really works like as good as anything else I've used that I'm not easy to please when it comes to this because I'm weird about smells and bodies. But no, I mean, I, I'm wearing it right now. It's crazy. It's so good. Yeah. 
It, it is no? crazy. I mean, my husband, you know, I've been like making product my whole life practically with him and like all these yeah. random things in the house all the time. And I'm like, you need to use this. And, you know, he finally did. And he's like, yeah, that that really works. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Why would Thanks. I steer you wrong? But yeah, just the deodorant category and developing products, you know, for, you know, underarm or for odors. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not subjective. Like, you know, if it's working or not. So yes. that's been kind of an interesting thing where, you know, I said I, I wear everything and I use everything I've ever worked on. But this one mm-hmm. is like it's motivation to work out in the morning because I'd have, you know, product prototype A under <laughs> um, the right armpit and prototype B <laughs> under the left armpit. And you're like, OK, I need to sweat enough to stink. And then, you know, right. if it worked or not. I feel like there's so much also, you know, user error with any product in general, but it's probably especially with deodorant. So is there an official way you're supposed to be or a best time to apply deodorant? I wouldn't say necessarily a best time, but I would definitely say clean, dry. That's Mm -hmm. kind of the big mistake I think that people make if they have a bad experience Mm -hmm. uh, with any deodorant product. It's, um, you know, as long as it's, you know, an efficacious deodorant product. If you applied it to smelly or dirty or, you know, have it showered for three days, it's it's not going to work as well. It's it's ideal to apply clean and dry skin. So that's the tip okay. for human. I'd say that's a tip yeah. for really any deodorant. Yeah. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I've seen so many people just like rush. They're like, oh, my God, I'm so sweaty. And then they like put on more deodorant. And I'm like, I don't think that's going to work the way you think it's going to work. <laughs> Well, in a pinch, you know, if you're using a fragrance version, True. it will give you that little pop. You know, I have to say that I think that our fragrance free is pretty efficacious, even on a stinky pit or stinky yeah. parts, especially the balm, because the balm is, you know, really, it's using an ingredient called zinc ricinole that is derived from castor oil and it kind of like neutralizes the odor. So it's completely inert to the skin microbiome and it really is working on the aroma chemistry, <laughs> uh, malodor yeah. um, chemistry, and just totally neutralizing it. So it can, I think, the balm work um, pretty well on a stinky part that you need an immediate neutralization. What's also interesting is I feel like we have such a low tolerance for for body odors that we've like really emphasized this concept of yeah. freshness and everything yeah. has to be fresh. Why do you think that became so prevalent in our culture? Well, I don't know. I guess just odor in general and deodorants, the elevation of the category. I mm-hmm. think that's where really deodorants have taken off. I'm not sure that it's like we're all like, you know, I don't want to smell like body odor more today than we used to. But I think the category becoming something about self-care and about mm-hmm. actually about fragrance. I was just thinking about this. It's it's almost like the lipstick effect but it's in the deodorant now, right? Because it's like an indulgence. We think of, mm. I want to treat myself. Who, you know, 15 years ago would say, I want to treat myself. I'm going to buy myself a deodorant. Um, mm. That doesn't really kind of jive back yeah. then. But today, especially in the Hume range, we have this suite of fragrances. And oh gosh, there was a an article in the Wall Street Journal this past summer where they were kind of profiling this woman. She has this huge collection of deodorants and it's like deodorant is the approachable version of fine fragrance. It's much less expensive than fine fragrance. And um, at least in the Hume suite of fragrances, you can get scents that really evoke 
something that's much more elevated and complex and not super pedestrian and mass, which I feel like there's a bit of that in the natural, you know, it's got to smell like patchouli or it's got to smell like lavender. Um, now we, you know, we're applying this kind of uh, sophistication in fragrance development uh, in deodorant. And that's, that's definitely how we have developed the fragrance collection with Hume is inspiration from fine fragrance paired with my experience in developing scents that are really have mass appeal and longevity. So it's about finding those notes that you know people are attracted to that mm -hmm. also, very importantly, won't kind of clash with body odor. Right. Um, not yeah. that I'm looking for something that's going to straight up cover, but something that isn't going to exacerbate, you know, kind of if there is a hint of body odor, you don't want something that is going to like make it go more sour or <laughs> it's like a bad cocktail, right? So I think about that. I think about the notes of body odor and think about the types of base notes and middle notes and even citruses that we that we want to choose versus stay away from mm -hmm. to to really work with natural body odor. Yeah. In case I never thought happens. about that. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I was also surprised because the out west scent, it's very kind of like a desert cowboy scent with yeah. patchouli. And I was like, bold choice, putting patchouli where some some might say is like a little too evocative of masculine man stink, which is not necessarily a bad thing to me. But yeah, I was like, oh, me. that's I know, I yeah. know. Biden <laughs> hates it. But yeah. I was like, how cool to make like a kind of almost like changing the narrative on that type of scent with a deodorant. And actually, you know, that scent, like many others in the range, was really uh, born from study of fine fragrance. Mm -hmm. um, and so that one wasn't like build, build a, a cowboy essence per se, but it was really exploring a variety of earthy, just standout, kind mm -hmm. of notable fine fragrances and you know, we just kind of have done a lot of playing in, in fragrance development. And when we have one that we're like, yep, that's it. And it, it hits us. Then we kind of vet that with with a broader group of people, men and women. Yep. And everyone has their own sense of what's female, what's male. Everyone has what they like and what they don't like. But that's where we kind of have to trust our process and trust kind of the instinct about what makes a great scent. And is this Hume too? Did you guys work with a perfumer to create your scents? We, we uh, initially partnered with several different fragrance houses and then kind of settled into a real collaborative kind of process with one fragrance house. We haven't worked with just one perfumer, but really their bank of perfumers right. and and then it's a lot of back and forth with, you know, I've got like cabinets in my lab here of all these scents. And so mm -hmm. working with perfumers, as you guys know, it's really hard to you know learn the language until you really develop a personal relationship with a perfumer and you kind mm -hmm. of do speak the same language, whether it's technically correct or not. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I usually am you know, smelling a lot of different things in my library to try to give a physical kind of example of what I'm looking for them to do in the submission. So it's very iterative. Uh, we start somewhere and then we're definitely giving direction on add this or right. play with themes, um, you know, varieties on this kind of chorus <laughs> on this theme. 
mm-hmm. um, until we get something that that really works. And then we have to make sure it works in the formula too, which is also a whole nother thing. Yeah. Has to be right. stable, has to be you know, compliant with IFRA, make sure that it's going to be safe um, in the percentage I'm using in the in the area that we're using it on the body. So we definitely do our homework to ensure that we're compliant with all the most current safety regs too. Forgive me if this is an obvious question, but I feel like we started this show in the this real heated in the middle of this real heated conversation <laughs> about um scent in skincare. And I realize it's always been right in and around skincare. But I think when we started, there was all this uh, more talk than usual about scents and probably specifically facial skin skincare, but uh, in body as well. And, you know, we know that to some fragrance can be sensitizing fine, but I think it got like overly demonized in ways that the pendulum is finally starting to swing back in. All that to say, you know, people have never thought twice about mm-hmm. putting fragrance in their deodorants on their underarms, which is a sensitive part of their body. Why do you think that, you know, it it, it is a more sensitive part, but essentially all deodorants are scented in, right. in some way, shape, or form. And that's coming from me, who only wears unscented, so I know that they are out there as well, but they are hard to find when you're looking mm-hmm. for them. Why do you think that is? I have always used unscented, fragrance-free mm-hmm. deodorant my whole mm-hmm. life, pretty much. And then one day they're like gone. Because, well, they must not move enough at retail. Thankfully, Mm -hmm. we have retail partners that offer the (laughs) fragrance-free home because there are a lot of people that just prefer. And even me, when I'm working, I prefer not to be wearing fragrance because it interferes with my evaluation process. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's, uh, it's, I think it goes back to just the, the most obvious way that we make a deodorant is to, you know, add a fragrance. And so the like bottom line and what is still written about is what's a deodorant? What's the difference between a deodorant and a perspirant? And a deodorant covers your body odor with fragrance. Well, that's that's yeah. not true anymore, but it's like mm-hmm. the most obvious yeah. Um, yeah. place. And that's that's why we think about fragrance so much as part of deodorant. But now I think it's it's just gotten to be this experiential category. And people, like I said, it's this approachable, you know, fine fragrance that's the lipstick effect i can get it at Mm. an affordable price even though deodorant is way more expensive than it used to be it's Mm -hmm. still a way for me to kind of have a wardrobe of fragrances choose the scent that kind of evokes what i want to feel that day or is kind of um helping me to you know put out to the world what i want to be that day or just enhancing or changing my mood so this is why I think people are collecting fragrances and deodorants or collecting de- deodorants with multiple yeah. fragrances because they're, this is their fine fragrance. This is a just more approachable everyday way to, to experience the joy of fragrance. And we talk about with the Hume brand, um, Smell Happy, or with the All Body Deodorant Balm now, Smell Happy Everywhere. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's... It's that's what fragrance should be. It should be, you know, sparking joy and um, helping you to kind of feel your best. And mm-hmm. if it's a effective deodorant like Hume, you're smelling your best too. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay, well, now that I know I don't have to wash my hands after using the all over body deodorant balm 
I'm just thinking of all the other places I should be applying deodorant that I don't remember. <laughs> I'm not getting into this conversation. No. I. It's so funny. I don't know. I mean, I... How do I say this? I mean, I know that any guest that we have on the show is inherently like promotion, no matter, right. I mean, you know, whatever. Fine. But I think we do a good job of not making things like overly, you know, gassing them up or overly mm -hmm. promotional. But I was hearing myself talk about it and I was like, damn, bitch, you are really singing their praises. But it's true. You know what I mean? Like it's a, like the antithesis of a product that I would use in every way, shape, mm -hmm. and form. And it's still something that I'm like, well, it works. Well, well <laughs> when it works, it works. When it works, it works. Also, like deodorants come such a long way from like Tom's of Maine. Didn't Lush do deodorant originally? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Although I think Lush was a little bit too rich for my blood at the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I was sticking to like drugstore stuff and I'm like, wow. What were y'all doing wrong that deodorant brands are now doing right? Like what? Right. What happened? I'm I'm interested in not interested in changing my ways, but that <laughs> she was talking about how, you know, the AHA and BHA formulas that I love I so much are not the vibe. I do um, think about that because I was using that Kosas uh the chemical mm -hmm. one every single day. Mm -hmm. I would check my armpits just to make sure they weren't rashy because I was like are you sure? Are you mm -hmm. sure? Can mm -hmm. I put an AHA on my armpit every single day? Because like mm -hmm. I wouldn't do that to my face. I would. <laughs> but it seemed to be fine. I don't know. Maybe because it was like a gel. I, I don't These, know. I mean, that... It hasn't that, done me wrong yet. No, same. That Costa stuff is all yeah. I've used since it came out, which, my God, has it been... It was... I feel... It was definitely during the full lockdown pandemic because I, I remember... I thought so. Yeah, I remember yeah. That, that their launch event was just a Zoom workout class with this very popular uh, fitness instructor. Was it Sweat with Beck? I think it was. I think it was. Jesus. And they sent over a yoga mat, which is really cute, and the deodorant. So you could do a group workout on Zoom and test the deodorant. When I tell you, I had to tap out after five minutes. Yeah, that's so funny. It was a mat workout just using your body weight. And I was like, what the heck? I'm what so, happened? Why I'm so weak? Why I, uh, is this so hard? How do people do this? <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, definitely. I think it was my first apartment here in New York when when I got that. So it's at least been four years. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, all four. that to say, my body's fine. <laughs> but, you know, I do use a lot of acids on my face and have for years. And it it. I do start to feel it sometimes. Dude, beauty slash skincare side tangent right now. I I tried my first yeah. uh, Biologique Recherche P50 experience at yeah. when I got a facial at the well last week. Well, I guess that would be like two weeks now. And at first I was like, whatever, it's just an AHA. And like a week later, I'm like, I've not seen a single pore since mm. last week. Yeah. What is going on? Hmm. And then I was like, it can't, it can't just be this one. It cannot be just this one product. Yeah. But then I also realized that I'm I incorporated a new product. Sometimes those those viral products will get me. It's that viral mixoon bean essence. It's a K-beauty product. And I see it all over the TikToks. What is it? It's a brand called Mixoon, and it's their bean essence. <laughs> Mixoon, it's just like bean a, essence. Yeah, it's billed as a vegan alternative to snail mucin. Okay. 
since I'm dry as a husk every winter, I was like, sure, yeah, I'll try that. And they say it's exfoliating. I, I don't think that's true. I yeah. simply don't. But sure. it, it, I guess it, it looks good on the content. But, mm-hmm. but whatever it is, maybe it is exfoliating and I just don't realize it. But I have not seen a pore for, for a week and a half at this point. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've never tried this, but back before I was on my cruelty-free tip, which has now been a lot of years, to be yeah. fair, that snail mucus yeah. was <laughs> making some points. I'm, yeah. And I know skincare is a is a slow roll, but I had this one overnight mask that with snail mucin in it. And like when mm-hmm. I tell you it was overnight, on site, man, awesome. overnight. <laughs> oh, shout out to those snails. Shout out to snails. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Shout out to snails. <laughs> Anyway, end of skincare tangent. Yes. But that's what I get for putting AHAs on my face several times a week is that it cannot hold moisture anymore. Or it could just be winter. Or perhaps a bit of both. But I look great. So thanks, Beans. (laughs) Shout out to Beans. (laughs) Shout out to Beans. Shout out to P50, which I will not be purchasing as it is several hundred dollars. Right, right. Does it smell gross too? Uh, it didn't smell. I rem- I don't think it smelled. I don't remember. Oh, okay. It was like, there's like five different kinds of it now. I don't know, man. I know. It still feels like a bit much, in my opinion. Also, like you can't shop for it online everywhere. They're just like, they just like won't tell you the price online. So I was like, okay, cool. Well, <laughs> do you hate money? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Now I know that I can give my Kosas a rest, which is kind of good because I am running out. So now I don't have to. <laughs> It's not like I don't have a suite of eight different deodorants in my closet. True, true. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think RE back to Glossier. I may have to just give up on that one. That deodorant sucks, dude. And not to like, <laughs> it. like, listen, you know, I like Glossier. Shout out to them. But not to just shit talk on specific brands pointedly like this on this show. Fuck that deodorant. You want to ruin your clothes? Step right up. Certain deodorants will do this to me. And it could also just be something else. But like, okay, for instance, I have a leather backpack that I wear a lot. It's black leather. And if I'm wearing a white t-shirt with that, depending on the deodorant I wear, it'll leave black marks on the shirt if mm. I sweat. Mm. And unfortunately, Glossier is on is on team, team rub off whatever leather dye is on my white shirts. And for yeah. that, I cannot abide. So yeah, I'll see, I'll see you in hell, Glossier. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever is it, I don't know maybe it's the coconut oil who knows but it also could be the leather fold. I don't know someone's out to get me but <laughs> so far Hume has yet to betray me and yeah. for that we stand for that we stand we like to keep it that way yeah anyway please leave us your little messages on Spotify podcasts I also realized that you can only do it on the mobile app on your phone you can't do it on the desktop app me as a frequent Spotify desktop user, but <laughs> on your phones, leave us little little comments on our Spotify po- episodes because that's really fun. And also five stars because that's also really fun. And a voice note. And a voice note, please. We love to hear your voices. Uh, you can visit our website, smellyulater.life, where you'll find our very cozy merch as well as our hotline. Follow us on Instagram at smellyulater.mp3. I am at Tigra. I'm at Tynan Buck, and until next time, we will smell Smell you later. later.